Small Town Shenanigans. I'm Billy Burns with my brother Brian Burns to tell you some great stories of our childhood growing up in Montana. And there was a handful of people that reached out to us and said, you've got to have this character on. He comes from the uh, the lineage of, um, I think they call him the First Street Mafia. And so it kind of started with, um, I'm not going to say me because I, I don't think I was quite as devious and, and sharp as Brian Burns and Brian Robinson and JW. But it kind of started with those guys. It's kind of like the coaching tree um, with the San Francisco 49ers. You know, when you had Coach Bill Walsh, and then one of his assistants was Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid, the Harbaugh boys. It's kind of the same situation in Cutbank. Um, and so JC, you know, JW and Bear, a lot of people told us, you got to have this guy on. He's a great storyteller. And let me tell you, they are correct. So uh, without... Um, any further to do, Brian, I'm going to let you introduce our guest. Well, I, I think that you laid it out pretty good. I mean, I think when you talk about the lineage and passing it down, you're always worried about if there's going to be a slip, you know, if there's going to be a weak link. But this was pretty much a turnkey operation, okay? It was set up nicely. The foundation was done well. Um, the instruction was done extremely well, and it was always hands-on. So when you turn these things over, and I'd heard about JC, and I saw some of his stuff on Facebook. I'm like, okay. And I knew that there was going to be a really good fit here when after each episode, JC would always comment on it because, number one, he probably enjoyed it, but number two, he could relate. So the fact that we're having JC Seawold on today, I have all the confidence in the world that this is going to be one of our – one of our most listened to episodes. So without further ado, whatever ado is, I don't even know what that means, but we say it a lot. Whatever the ado is, we're going to turn it over to Mr. Seawald. Introduce yourself. Welcome, JC. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, mind you, JC just uh, listened to the last episode, and so he's fresh off the boat uh, when it comes to where we just came from. Uh, He's he's coming in hot, basically, right? (laughs) Well, JC, I tell you what – this is another thing I love is JC, he grew up in Cut Bank and he lives there. And I want you to tell us a little bit about what you do. Why don't you, will you describe Cut Bank through your eyes geographically? Tell us what you do. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, um, no, we, I farm and ranch. Um, been doing it for, oh, I don't know. Um, gosh, since 95, I guess. Um, and I graduated in 94 and it, have been here since and stuff. Um, yeah, it's an oil and gas town and agriculture. And that's, I mean, that's the, that's what, that's what pays the bills and stuff here. And like a lot of, it's a high line town and, um, anybody that's, I guess from Montana understands the high line. It's, it's just a highway that parallels the the Canadian border and stuff and connects all the small towns. But, but no, yeah, good town. You know, it's, it's fell on hard times here recently and stuff probably over the last 10 years, but it still got the same great families and, and stuff that it always had. Is it? So one thing about a uh, cup bank in those towns is, you know, you can always, if you want to take a step back in time, if you grew up there, things don't change much. I mean, I walked, Driving through town not too long ago, I saw Eddie Jensen walking around, and oh, Eddie Jensen's been combing those streets since as long as, since as long as I can remember, moving and shaking, baby. So, um, you know, it's about I'd say here's here's a saying that we said up there in Cup Bank and, and in the Highline that you know they're always about ten years behind everything else. So if the world comes to an end, head to Cup Bank. You got about another ten years. Uh, right. <laughs> what? No, that reminds me, Brian. What was that song, Grandpa Jack? I'm a hayseed. How did that go? Uh, I'm a hayseed. My hair's a seaweed, and my ears are made of leather, and they flop in windy weather. Gosh, all hemlock. I'm tough as a pine knot. I'm from Cup Bank, can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
God, I love that. I absolutely love that. So, so Cutbank, Montana is in Northwest Montana. For those of you that have never been there, you've got the Rocky Mountains, which are absolutely beautiful. Flathead, Flathead Lake, which is 26 miles long, 13 miles wide. And so Cutbank is in the wheat fields just off the Rocky Mountains there. And there's, I think there's a component of weather, but it's a, what's it called? Wind or something like that? Yeah, that... yeah just, just a touch. <laughs> Just a touch. Yeah, we it's real you really don't consider it windy if it's not forty-five mile an hour gusts. No. And, and we uh, know why it's so we know why it's so windy in Cut Bank. I mean, we sure one do. because yeah, uh you got Brown- Shelby on one side and Brownie what is it? Browning blows and Shelby sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and Cut Bank's right in the middle, so that's where that wind comes uh, yeah, from. Yeah, we just <laughs> happen to be caught right in the center. <laughs> So we're victimized by Browning and Shelby sucking and blowing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I forgot. I forgot about that. But, um, it's, uh, and also, you know, one of the coolest spots in the country always, but, uh, you mentioned, we were talking before and I love that you said, you know, if you played any sports outside, you, you became a man. And I'll tell you what, I absolutely hated golfing in that town oh. and I, and you would think that you would get used to it and get good at it but when the wind is blowing here in indianapolis and i'm golfing i cringe i hate it i just can't stand it and we would also like we'd have to you'd have to plug in this is another really interesting thing i think um and jc you can tell me i'm guessing that you guys still do it but most of most vehicles came with a head bolt heater and what oh, wow. that did is you plug that in electrically into the, the wall socket and it essentially keeps it, it keeps. I don't know it, if you're gonna plug it into the wall. Well, you might I, it outside or something. <laughs> outside, and you plug it into the and it, it tell me that it attaches to the motor. I mean, I don't know the the components. Yeah, it's I, just a heater that keeps your fluids warm, so you're not the forty below cold starts a little tough, I guess, on motors. Yeah, I know. Growing, I know when we were growing up. It was always a coin flip that car was going to start in the morning. And oh. by God, you didn't want to walk. So you would, you'd hit that thing. Mm, 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 mm. As long as she gave you a noise. Oh. It was a big deal to get that car started, bud. <laughs> oh, JC, listen to this. That Dodge Dart, my dad, you know, he always trying to, to, to come up with something to save money. He put a propane tank in the trunk of that son of a bitch to save money on gas. And it was the most gutless wonder you ever did see. It ran on propane. That was oh, what it, was, yeah. it, it ran on yeah. propane. I couldn't even believe it. Every now and then you will there like when we'll there'll be farm auctions and stuff, and you'll see farmers pickups doing the and stuff, guys that guys that filled it up with propane. Yeah. Right now, that's not a bad idea. I mean, with gas no. prices. Yeah. But, um, well, anyway, so yeah, so uh, let's let's get rolling. I love this story, and I, I'm just I have to throw this in there because it's a great story. But at the end, <laughs> the part that just caught me off guard is about a. It has to do with a dog and a <laughs> deaf man. And when you said that, when you were telling us about this before, I lost it. I mean, that just threw such a curveball at me. And I think it's just a beautiful ending to the story. But we're going to go ahead and let you roll it out, bud. Lay out uh, the characters. Let's, let's hear the cast of characters here because uh, there's a lot of activity. With, with There's a lot of moving parts in this one. So roll it out, JC. Let's take, let's take a listen. Okay, there was the, the, the felons involved in this were myself, Willie Winterood, and um who was my best friend growing up and and a um oh a youngster that was about three years younger than us that we were mentoring in in this walsh deal we thought he had what it took to be the next the next prodigy and stuff in in hot rod now wait wait now it was hot rod did he did he come from what lineage did he come from you know, he kind of had a double-edged sword. I was gonna say, you know, he—he's got a touch of that—that that Burns gene, <laughs> and he's also a relative of mine. And oh, I didn't know that. His mom, Carol, is my mom's sister. Ah, uh, what? Cousin. Um, she was a Miller. Yes, Miller. the yeah. Miller. Oh my God, yeah. that's crazy. I didn't know uh, that. 
A shout yep. out to Carol Burns. I loved her. She was an angel on earth, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, God bless her soul because she 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 raised a hot rod. That had to be pretty yeah. interesting. Time <laughs> what, there, uh. I'll tell you what, there's some stories there. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. He what he thought was was good behavior, she definitely frowned upon. Yeah. That, that bar it, was in a different spot. Yeah, that's for sure. No, that um yeah, and Willie Willie was a Willie was a guy, he was a no-nonsense guy. He was always up. He he didn't have a lot of great ideas and stuff. He and that's why we hit it off so well and stuff from an early age and just remained good friends. If if there was a bad idea to be had, we were going to come up with it. And a lot of this is based on the mentorship that the, in the first street crew, it was getting our time to mentor the youngers and stuff. And so we kind of took him in under our wing. And a lot of the bad ideas were very subjective because if you would have oh. asked us at the time, it was a great idea. Oh. But you run it past nine, nine or 10 other people and they would describe it as, you know what, that's a pretty bad idea. I think but. they're I think they're great ideas, and you're going to hear this great idea. And then there was also your counselor. Now, what, Barry White, you want to tell us about Barry White a little bit? Yeah, Barry deserved a lot better than than Cutbank High School when I was going through there. And he was one of those guys. He would give you the shirt off his back, and and he's still the same guy. He's never met a bad kid, you know. So. To Willie and I, that was a green light to mess with him and stuff. And it, it's just, it was, I, I feel horrible about it now because I've gotten to know the guy really. But you get to know somebody pretty well by the time you go get to the end of this story. Oh. <laughs> well, and, describe, describe him physically. Okay, Barry's <laughs> the exact opposite of Barry White. He's a 6'3", probably three bills he's an easy three bills and as white as a sheet of paper and i mean yeah the exact opposite and of the famous barry white yes yes and i don't believe this guy's ever had a recording career no not a lot of soul and Uh, probably hasn't listened to any barry white albums no no you chet atkins maybe barry white definitely not yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so let's roll in. Let's roll into. We got the cast of characters rolled out. Now let's get down to the what we might want to call the event. Well, this started. Kevin Winterud or Bear was. Um, he was home from college, but he was just about to head back to school. And Willie and I and Hot Rod show up at his house, and we decide we're going to stay the night. And, and you got you guys were in high school and Bear was in college, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was playing baseball, I think, in Idaho at the time. And um he was having to head out the next morning. Well, gosh, I mean, we were used to slinging water balloons or possibly even mm-hmm. a head of lettuce or cabbage at a car, you know, when he was home. So he he talking about having to get up early and leave. That kind of kind of rained on our parade. Buzzkill. Well, yeah, and stuff. So he went to bed, and I believe it. I just kind of followed along. I wasn't necessarily the leader that Willie Winterud was, and we they we decided to go do this. What we called it by a different name at the time. It's when you walk down the street and you just picked random doors and knocked on them to wake people up. <laughs> Problem was was this was about two o'clock in the morning when we started this event, and, um, and so let me get to. No, I, I'm sorry, sir. So you go on and you knock on a door and then you leave, or what? What? Tell me. So yeah, is, that's that's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah, yeah. I've never I've never heard of that. Should it, yeah. it should be a name for it, but anyway, I, okay, I got the gist. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people call it different things and <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Well, anyway, anyways, we're we're just walking down the street, and there isn't a lot of action in Cup Bank at two two to three o'clock in the morning. And we just happen to be walking down the street, and we look over and see our counselor Barry White's 
vehicle parked in his driveway. Well, first we he's got a motorcycle, a Honda, a Honda Zuki, which was, I believe, a Honda front bearing, a Suzuki gas tank, and a Kawasaki um, <laughs> rear fender. What and color was com- that thing? It, 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 it was Roy G. Biv and stuff. It, it pretty much had every, <laughs> it was the Spectrum. And um, anyway, so we decide, hey, this was where Willie, this was one of the only times I ever, it dawned on me that, you know, this could be a bad idea. This, I, that never struck me when I was running with, on first street that there was, what was the idea? Well, we were going to have, we, Willie had come up with the idea of, Hey, let's move this guy's Honda Zuki and stuff and park it in the middle. It was straight uphill from the um, main street. Mm-hmm. And stuff and a pretty steep grade there. And we'll he goes, We'll get burns on it, or we'll get hot rod on it and stuff. We'll um push him down and stuff and help him. Well, none of us had ever been around a Honda Zuki of this size. Mm-hmm. And this quite, thing, quite a bit of iron on it. Oh, <laughs> it 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 could have been five thousand pounds. If it was two, it was two thousand easy. Well, um, Oh, Hot Rod goes to stand this thing up. Well, he proceeds to stand it up, maybe gave it too much of a kick because it started coming over on the other side and we caught it. And Willie and I were both pretty physically fit big fellows, and it was all we could do to keep the Honda Zuki from just being scrap metal. And so we, we looked at it. It's like, Hey, you know, that, that we want no more part of this. We could get hurt. You know, we could end up mm-hmm. with a hernia out of this. Now, wait, was, so, so, uh, hot rod was, he was a protege, right? I mean, yeah, he, yeah. So we, we were mentoring him. Yeah. We, we were bringing him along. And so then it's like, okay. And stuff, this isn't going to work. So we send hot rod, to the front door or I can't remember if we sent him to the front door to do this, this deal. We called by a different name, um, knocking on the door and taking off running. (laughs) I think we had sent him a time or two and stuff. And there was just no, nothing was happening. I mean, there wasn't a light coming on even thought for a second, maybe Barry took a different vehicle somewhere and isn't even in town. Well, but we see his Dodge Ram Charger. This is a, like anybody that's around like old Ford Broncos, this was Dodge's version. And judging by the Honda Zoo, everything this guy had was made of hard, big steel. This American this steel. Charger, this Ram Charger's big, big outfit. A lot, of, a lot of iron on that one, too. So the motorcycle's yeah. off the table now. Now we're focusing oh, on the charger. Yeah, yeah. The motorcycle was dangerous We and stuff. Yeah, no, we weren't We weren't going to. Well, I'm not thinking anything of it. And Willie says, you know, it would be even cooler. He said, he goes, we got to do something. He said, just one of those that he said sets us apart from everybody else. He goes, we ought to push that Ram Charger down into the middle of the street. And I'll... And I need to also emphasize we were moving this stuff. We we weren't stealing anything. It's right. because stealing oh, that's course. a that's it's felonious. <laughs> oh what <laughs> tell me about I wanna I, I forgot, but I wanna ask you, tell me about the, the the grade of the street and things like that. Uh pretty much straight up and down. Yeah, Cummings so, built on the only only hill in that area of Glacier County, other than the Cupbank Creek. Yeah. So yeah. this this driveway was up, and the back was facing. It was the, the truck was facing the house, and the back was facing down. And then down the street is where you get onto First Street, which rolls straight into Main Street, right? Correct. So a little, a little gravity will take this thing oh, down. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you could easily well roll a bowling ball. Yeah, you <laughs> wouldn't be hard at all. Gravity. Gravity yeah. played a lot of part in the, in a lot of these stories, including this yes. one. So, okay. So now you're focusing on the charger here. Yeah. Well, of course, since, since hot rod hasn't cut his teeth yet, uh, you know, and we're trying to, we're trying to 
get him built up and get him up to speed with how things need to go around First Street, we we opted to put him in the driver's seat. What was and he wearing? What was he wearing that night? And what like when he went up to the door? Oh, a hoodie and stuff. I remember a bright white hoodie, and <laughs> he had her sucked down because he didn't want to be ID'd by anybody. <laughs> and um, he had her sucked down almost like a criminal if we were doing that kind of behavior, almost, you know, like you see on TV, almost what a criminal would have on. And um, anyways, we we put him up and we I told him, I said, hey, it's an automatic. You just put your foot on the brake, slide it into neutral, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. You sail down Parker right in the middle of Main Street. We're out of there. Nobody knows the difference and stuff. Well, he puts it neutral, and Willie and I just barely put our hands on the bumper. And this this thing, you would have thought if you were a deaf guy that this thing was running and in reverse already, and he, he, he was going and stuff. Gravity had taken hold of probably a 15,000-pound automobile and was rushing it towards Main Street, which on the other side of Main Street, was the football field, the town football field. And I was also in football at this time. So you guys are pushing from the front. You can see Hot Rod in there. Does he still have the, the hoodie swunch? No, down? no, hoodie, hood was down. And he had eyes that were the size of dinner plates because he knew he had just climbed a hold of some American-made steel that he wasn't <laughs> up to. He, he, he. He was out of his element. And so horse is out of the barn once that baby gets to the bottom of the driveway. And I'll tell you, the second that thing broke free, Willie and I were gone. I, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's every man for himself. We could tell Hot Rod was in over his head. We had pushed <laughs> way too much iron down into Main Street, and this was a bad a bad deal. And I'm taking the power, because the machine's not on, the power brakes aren't, aren't No, used. nope. And he, we could tell by the way that he was licking the windshield bent up <laughs> over the steering wheel that he was he was trying to get them to work, but they weren't, they, they weren't working. No, no. And thank God that there is a, like a double curb at the end of that, and I don't know since they did the, if it's still there, but next to the football field there, there's like a double high curb, and those wheels hit it. That's the only thing that saved it from landing on the 50-yard line. And, could you uh, Wait, could you hear, so when that hit the curb, could you hear that, and could you hear his cherry pop at the same time? Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know which one was louder. You know, it, it was, it, they kind of drowned it out each other, but yeah, yeah. Hot Rod, Hot Rod got his, got his cherry popped. That so night. what time of the day? I don't know if we talked about it. What time of the day are we talking here? I'm roughly about this, by this time, it's got to be quarter to four to <laughs> anywhere from quarter to four to four thirty AM. And so we were risers, especially when we didn't go to sleep the night before. And, um, yeah, well, Hot Rod meets, we head up an alley that we pretty much own. Where did, where did the, where did the truck stop? Like where, where was it stationed? In the middle of main street. <laughs> yeah. Door yeah. open. Perpendicular yeah. blocking main street. Yeah, door door wide open. Hot Rod didn't think to close it, I guess. I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, you don't treat somebody's vehicle like that. No. Just leave the door wide open. What if somebody come around and stole something out of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, that was irresponsible. We'd always meet in a um, in a, this alleyway that the First Street Mafia pretty pretty well laid claim to and, and stuff, and we met up there and... Willie is beside himself dying laughing. I I know at this point it it's like okay, that's that could I could see where if in front of a judge that would be considered could be considered a felony. If someone might interpret that as a crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, that wasn't enough for us. Um and if it was if I mean if it was two in the afternoon, I mean, I don't know how how does that turn out? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> That turns turns worse. 
Yeah, a lot worse. A lot worse. Yeah. yeah. More Um, characters are involved at 2 a.m. rather than 4 a.m. Well, and um, we meet and stuff, and we're we're laughing and somewhat scared, kind of laughing. Like, you know, you know, the point when you stop and you realize, okay, that was going way. Everybody realizes it's like, yeah, that went way too far. Mm-hmm. But we had to think of the greater good hot rod become a man and stuff. So, so anyways, we did it for him and, um, it's for the kids. Yeah, exactly. Well, we go ahead and, um, I guess we hadn't had enough action at Barry's house. We go right back to it. So we, we've already done this thing, what some call a horror a different name and stuff. You knock on the door and run away. <laughs> We've tried to take his motorcycle, but none of us were man enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And we end up with a 70 late seventies model Dodge Ram charger that we tried to stick through the football field down at the end of the, on main street. Remember that shed? Remember the, like the shed where they would take tickets to when he walked in and he'd pay for your ticket to go in the game. I mean, it wasn't too far from hitting that thing. Oh, no, no. This was lined up dead on 50-yard line. Yeah, and um, no, that, yeah, it, it oh, would so have wait, been. Hold on a second. So, that, so this is, is this like, is this, uh, is this by the, ta- by the, the Tasty Freeze driving yeah, there? Just a, a, like a block. A block or, over, yeah. Oh, so that, oh, that hill was straight downhill. Yeah, straight down from the hospital pretty much. Or, oh, my God. Yeah, well, the freezing the hospital. And the hospital. Yeah. Yep. No, and um, we met up, and so then Willie and I both realized that it's like, you know, this hot rod is doing anything that we say he, you know, we suggest. He just does it. And he's a, I mean, he's a great, he's a great protege. Oh, no complaints. Yeah. Great. Let's call him an great. ambassador. Well, we decided, you know, it's not fun unless somebody realizes that their vehicle has gone missing. So it's like, let's go back to Barry's house, give it one last hurrah and see if we can't, can't rouse the troops and stuff. Willie and I lay down on our bellies under, I don't still don't know how to this day we got underneath the car we did that was parked across the street. (coughs) And, um, We send hot rod in full hoodie and stuff sucked down. And I mean, he could not see out of this hoodie. It was so sucked down. It kind of reminds, I mean, the the picture I'm getting is Kenny from South Park. That is, that's hot rod. But (laughs) instead of an orange hoodie, it was a white one. Yep. And And you said hot rod was, I mean, he's pretty athletic. Very athletic. He was able to, he was able to make pretty good time on his, on his hooves. Had he been five foot, like two forty, and slower than hell, he would have been in Pine Hills, like by the by the age of ten, and stuff. His speed helped him, got him out of a lot of jams. And um, anyway, hot got, rod. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not a reverse nickname. That was the real deal. Well, we send him over. We said, hey, you got to wake this fella. You got to get Barry up so he can and stuff. No more screwing around with this pitter patter on the door. We need you to we need you to get some folks up here and stuff. He's he might be a heavy sleeper and he needs to get up to come out and inspect this. Well, he walks over and you could tell he was a little timid crossing the street this time. Cause he'd only knocked on that same door probably 15 times prior to this <laughs> in the evening. And he's knocks on the goes to, he opens up the screen door. Well, as he's doing that, we catch a silhouette of a 300 pound man in a white wife beater and whitey tidy underwear. Walking in a deep, bar- deep baritone voice. Oh, and he's walking across the um, living room and we catch a silhouette of him and it's like a hot rod, hot rod's going to be up close and personal here pretty quick. Well, there's no way to shut hot rod down and stuff. He's got his mind made up. He's going to get this guy up and going. Well, he opens the screen door 
And instead of knocking, because we had instructed him, hey, wake the neighbors up with this knock, he thinks a, a kick to the door would be a, mm-hmm. a way better deal. Get, get a lot more sound out of it. He rears back like he's going to hit a 60-yard field goal, and Barry opens the door as his legs in tight, <laughs> and he lands flat on his ass. Well, Barry's down over top of him. Oh, Barry is ready to pounce with those and, with his whitey tidies and his balls hanging right over hot rod. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Barry's ready to pounce and he's hot. You can tell just by and I've never seen this guy upset before, but I could tell. Yeah, he he was upset and anyway, hot rod scrambles to his feet and this guy's on him like a. I mean, stuck to him like a wet paper bag. And I don't still don't know how, how hot rod got away, but he had straight up, straight up the street. And it was great thinking on his part to go against the grain and go uphill because Barry wasn't built for built for speed, you know, downhill, Barry probably had the upper hand, but not uphill. He was built for short, that's short downhill distances. I mean that's the that's the Burns mentality, you know. You always got to be one step ahead of them. Oh, thinking on your feet, yeah. And well, anyway, we wait underneath this car for things to settle down. Barry goes back inside and stuff, and we head out the, head out through the the back alleys to Mission accomplished. Hot rod in. Oh, um, we end back up at the war room at Winterood's basement and we wake Kevin up because we're, we're pretty proud of ourselves at this time and stuff. We wake Kevin up and we explain to him, you'll never guess what we just did. And, and he kept what Kevin was your mentor. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin and JW took me under their wing. You bet. He had to be and, proud. And, um, Oh, Kevin, Kevin instantly rose straight up in bed and stuff, nothing but his underwear. <laughs> Put his glasses on and told us that we were all going to prison. Probably, <laughs> so he, he he didn't find any humor in it at all and stuff. What? And you just yeah, and he did, you, you know, and it, what really bothered me is he was acting like concerned for himself. You don't bring any heat back to this basement <laughs> and stuff. You know, I'm leaving tomorrow. I don't. Yeah, I he he was more concerned about himself. And I thought that was real selfish. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's no, I mean, okay, that's no mentor. I mean, he no. taught you guys these ways, and just because he's playing college baseball doesn't mean he needs to try oh. to be responsible now. Yeah, all of a sudden, Mr. Big Shot. Yeah. That's right, awful righteous. And, and at 4 3 in the morning, honestly, who is going to see you, right? Wow. Who is it? He comes Did to anyone? find out there was one guy. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a new, a, I, this, and the, this guy's got a backstory too. Um, he was a, a child predator um, and stuff. That's pretty much only job he could get was um, delivering newspapers. And I didn't know about this here. Yeah, yeah. He he comes to fight. Yeah, and an incestual child predator. Nonetheless, he wasn't. A, he wasn't a doctor, was he? This wasn't the doctor. Uh... No, no, that was a different one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different one. And he wasn't the mailman either, was he? No, this was just newspaper, not Carl. This was just no. a run-of-the-mill uh, ch- child predator. Yeah, yeah. That delivered yeah, the paper. You know, where else? What would, you know, I think about this now. It just struck me. Let's put a child predator delivering the newspapers because what other age of People are, are usually delivering newspapers. Oh my God. <laughs> Boy, there's a stroke of genius. Whoever thought that was a great idea. Oh, yeah. Let's send him out. He just all he has to do is tackle him off your bicycle. To at at, at yeah. 4 a.m. when it's dark and noise yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah. The more I think about this, we were actually should never have been caught for this. They should have been questioning that guy. Is he, is that, is he still delivering the paper? No, I yeah, I believe he's delivering something in stuff in, in prison and stuff. Yeah, he he was on parole, I think, for that one. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's he. This was an old man Shepherd's kid, was it? No. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> okay, so anyway, oh this, 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 gentleman, <laughs> this gentleman here, gets, he, see, he, gets, he gets a visual, right? Yeah, yeah. Supposedly, he IDs all three of us and stuff. Just And I don't know how this happened because we sure never saw him and stuff. I mean, unless we, we had to have ran, like, right by him in order for him to ID us all. And that's where I kind of blame Burns for not having his hoodie up, I guess, at that time and stuff. But mm-hmm. anyway, that um, we we get back. Kevin's upset. We've been we've been ID'd without us knowing about it yet. I'm thinking we're not. There's no way we could get in trouble. You know, that time nobody knows it was us. Well, I think by noon, that was on a Saturday or early Sunday morning. By Monday at noon, I get. I'm in watching football film preparing for the next week's football game. And I look out the window and I, and I see this Barry white talking with our football coach (laughs) and things turned South quick. Uh, The football coach wasn't just not, not he's not guys. And like never, never didn't really understand kids and, and stuff, yeah. He 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 didn't find any humor in it at all. And after the the verbal assault and the near beating that he put on me and stuff, then I have to go down and um, I have to go down because I still don't at this point know that we've been in any kind of trouble. But evidently, Barry knows it was us. Well, instead of going, and I expected to go to the principal's office and that they were probably going to kick us out of school, even though it had nothing to do with school other than Barry was a school teacher. Well, instead of going there, we go, all three of us involved go have to go walk down to Barry White's office and we're sitting there and on the way down, we're discussing, hey, you know, that, um, Whatever we do, just deny we had anything to do with it, because clearly they've got no evidence. Well, they had, they sent, we sent Hot Rod in first and stuff, and in within five minutes, Hot Rod come out, alligator tears, swelled shut red eyes. Singing like a canary. Yeah. Barry with interrogation at this Barry point. Barry had definitely gotten to him and broke him. Well, then it was me. I go in next and Willie is just disgusted because he knows, he knows our protege flipped and um, turned state's evidence and um, fingered us. Well, the um, I go in and I, I sit down and I'm acting like it's just another, you know, beautiful fall afternoon. And I'm just going to have a chat with the counselor. Well, he asked me, he said, Hey, were you there? He, All I need to, you just fess up right now and stuff. And I, I said, I don't know what the hell you're talking about and stuff. I said, boy, I said, that sounds horrible though. I said, I would, God, I hope they catch those guys. And, um, well, he stands up. This is the most mild mannered individual. You, this counselor, I mean, this guy doesn't lose his temper. He takes his fist and slams it down in the middle of this desk. And he tells me he knows people that could have me snuffed out for less than a $5 bill and stuff. Well, which is aggressive. Yeah. Then I got, it dawned on me. If he just told a hot rod, this that's why hot rods probably got the alligator tears in his, in his fessing up. And so I, I, it got to me. I thought, you know, there's no need to push. He, the guy does have a Honda Zuki. He might know some Hells Angels. You know, five bucks is five bucks. And anyway, so I, I come clean with him and, and stuff. And um, well, Willie goes in. Willie's in there for 45 minutes and comes out looking the exact same as when he went in. Never broke an ounce. And And Barry White's looks totally exhausted. He's tried everything. He's tried snuffing him out himself, you know, and it, Willie was, Willie just called BS on everything. Well, 
what they found out, we were expecting that the police were going to be involved. They had been notified, but Barry being the counselor and the good guy he was decided, you know what? I'm going to put these three, I'm going to get a little manual labor out of these guys and make them, make them have to pay for it that way. So the following Saturday, well, hold on a second. So, okay. So, so the police are involved, but the, but the school is going to, they're going to take, um, the school is going to just let Barry White roll yeah. out. The police, the police weren't involved. Barry's no, going to take matters. Barry's gonna, yeah. yeah, Barry's going to. So right yeah. now, I so right now, because I I tell you what, I love the way this story ends. Right now, we have to reach out and just just pop our, our sponsor in there, and then we're going to finish this great story. Brian, I'm going to let you throw throw our sponsor in there really quick. Well, we are getting a little bit of, of a reach across the country a little bit, and so we had found a sponsor this week that was very adamant and really wanted to take a part in this. And this sponsor is based out of Rexford, Idaho. And it is a, uh, a business there that does gives a lot back to the community. And it is Rex Quando out of Rexburg, Idaho. And their motto is, break the wrist and walk away. So, <laughs> so, so we know that we know that Rex Quando is, uh, is a well-known establishment. Some people know it from across the country. Um, they do have good merchandise and apparel. Um, they do actually have a pair of, uh, that they wanted me to put this in there. They do have a pair of, of Kwando pants. And uh, the, mod, the, the theme on these pants that hang in the window there, it says, uh, take a look at what I'm wearing. You think anyone wants a roundhouse kick in the face wearing these bad boys? Forget about it. So anyway, that's Rex Kwando out of Rexburg, Idaho. They are a sponsor this week. And... Uh, if you're ever in need of self-defense or if you're ever in need of any good apparel, go ahead and look up Rex Quando, Rexburg, Idaho. Uh, and that, what now, if I remember right, their, their pants are kind of like the, the, um, they're kind of like, um, bomb, 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 bomb. No, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're a, uh, they're, the pattern on them is a red, white, and blue. It looks like American flag. Yep. And they look like an MC Hammer or vanilla yes. white type of gear. Yes, exactly. Um, very flexible, very mobile. And uh, no one wants a roundhound kick in the face when someone's wearing those bad boys. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, exactly. I love that. And they are a great sponsor. And you know what? He flew out to spend a little time with Brian and I, and he showed us that roundhouse kick. That guy is flexible as hell. And if you think he's good, his wife has got some pretty good moves too. So anyway, all right. So thanks, uh, thanks to Rex Wando and JC. Right back to the conclusion and the great finish to the story. I don't know what's going on here. Um, hold on, hold tight, fellas. We're good. We can hear you, we man. Can see, we, we can we see. We can hear you. We can hear you and see. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Um, so at this point, yeah. so at this point, Barry White, the counselor, they've said you got you take these punks and you delve out the consequences right that's correct and yeah and couldn't i was grateful for it because i would much rather do hard time in his yard and in house than than washing squad cars which i had they shouldn't have been dirty from the last time i had washed them and stuff and i couldn't <laughs> see redoing a job but yeah, well, anyway, um, so we, we've got to meet at Barry's house at like seven. So hot rod Willie and I show up at Barry's house and, um, and we start, Oh, we get there and we look like three pups with our tails between our legs. And well, we get introduced to Barry's dad who happened to be a, a um, great guy and stuff. I believe it was his stepdad, but the guy raised him as if he was, you know, in stuff. Couldn't have been closer if he was blood. Um, well, anyways, man's totally deaf and stuff. Can't, I mean, not not a stitch of hearing. Well, he has a, um, it was him, his wife, Barry White's immediate family, and deaf white, um, oh, had a companion dog that would tell him when the doorbell rang and, mm -hmm. and stuffers or where was, somebody. Where, was, Will, where was, where was Willie at? At this point, when we got introduced, we were all three together. 
Mm -hmm. And um, then they, oh, before we, he was going to have us start raking some leaves and stuff in the yard and kind of split us up because we, we, we should be split up, you know, it, it was would have been a great idea for all of us not to be anywhere close to one another working. So um, when we realized we were going to do yard work, it was like, hey. Who you know, was bre- oh, so what was the breakdown? I, Who was doing what? Well, I was I was going to be mowing or I was they were going to have me raking leaves. Hot Rod was on the barbecue grill and stuff. He was going to be scrubbing some scrubbing some barnacles off the barbecue grill and Willie was in the was supposed to be going to the garage well we couldn't do this because we needed to we needed to um have work gloves I mean we get calloused up getting Mm -hmm. infection and stuff so Willie safety safety is paramount yeah absolutely you know and and I you know, it, it was dumb of him not to have work gloves there for us. You know, shoot, if I had if I had four guys from south of the border come up and do some cheap yard work for me and stuff, I did. The least you can do is supply them with a set of gloves. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the oh, Willie asks, hey, you know what? Hot Rod has tons of work gloves up at his house. He said. You mind if we take your Ram charger, the one that we moved (laughs) the weekend before you might, he goes, you bet you guys go ahead. Just be, he goes, be quick. He said, we got a lot of stuff to get. So you're jumping back in the, in the machine that you put down on main street. I mean, that is a, that's a decent soul there to forgive like that. Well, I, I was, I was speechless. I, I, I really, I thought it was just Willie kind of, and he could do anything straight faced and it, it was unbelievable and stuff. When he asked, I looked at him like he was a damn fool. And next thing I know, I'm firing up the Ram charger and we're taking a main street because that's all we really did in cut bank. And it probably and ran so much better with the keys rather than a, just a gravity. Oh, and forward, <laughs> you know, going forward, it was a machine way, way better running with power brakes that worked and stuff and going and going and drive. Yeah. So you decided to take her on a little bit of a, a little cruise. Yep. Well, first stop was our good buddy, JL. Um, he was always a pretty straight laced fella. You know, he'd always be there when things were getting bad, but somehow he was always able to get himself out of it before it was before the cops showed up. Who's this J Lo? Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> we, yeah. And, and so we we thought, hey, we'll run by, show him this sweet ride and stuff. And we honk at his house. He comes flying out in his underwear because he had just played the football game that I was suspended from playing in the night before. He was still in bed which I thought was BS because we were up working at seven and stuff. Um, well, he comes running out. He just assumed we had, we had moved, we were moving this again. I, I try to stay away from the word stole because it's mm-hmm. kind of tomato, tomato yeah. and stuff. Subjective. You know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's all about, it's all about um, um, people's, people's thoughts on the deal. Well, well um, so if he you think about out, it, JC, if you think about it, you guys didn't turn over the engine. It was a neutral. So I mean, that's not that's that's just moving. Not that's now, not now she's she's rolling now. Not none of us had keys. It's the hard to steal a vehicle without the ignition. Yep. No. And so yeah, you're, going, you're, you're on your way. You're on your way to get gloves now, and you get and you get you've been spotted in the in the machine. Yeah, and and stuff, and made a couple laps around some people's houses that I probably wouldn't have made myself, and come back and we got our work gloves we start to we start to get some work done because you know we feel bad and stuff for what we've done and we need to pay and stuff we've all seen the light well hot rods on the barbecue i'm raking leaves and willie is in the garage well i get a whistle and stuff just you know it just kept and i'm looking around it's no birds out i look 
I did not realize until this moment that Barry White was an avid scuba diver. And I guess 6'3", 300 plus, you wouldn't guess that he would be an avid scuba diver, but Willie has put himself in the scuba suit, full fins, <laughs> the full fins. I believe there was, it was like a two air tank set up, um, full face mask and even the gun, the spear gun. And he's just standing there waiting for me to recognize Flippers? what he's doing. And well, I see it and I, I immediately bust out laughing because it, Willie weighed about a buck 85 at the time. He, I, I mean, they're tight fitting suits, but a, a, a double XL or a triple XL scuba suit still looks it. It didn't fit. Well, what would, um, would Barry, did Barry catch wind of this? Did he see it? Willie prayed no, down this goddamn scuba Thank God. Thank I mean, God. He, he, looked like, he looked like a seal, like where their skin is all folded over, probably. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and isn't even cracking a smile, just sitting there with a straight face looking at me through these goggles or this face mask. Oh, I'm dying. I mean, for at first, it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And then I'm thinking, we're all going to jail now. And stuff. You start <laughs> screaming with the man scuba scoop or scuba suit after you've already moved his, tried to move two of his vehicles, you know, that's probably the last straw. You don't, well, it's like, it's, well, exactly. Cause it's a very, it's a very intimate thing. I mean, it's just like underwear. You put that oh. scuba suit on. I mean, you're, you're in your birthday suit. So everything's swimming around in there. May as well touch this old lady. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, um, Willie, I, I'm freaking out because I know we're going to we're going to jail for now if anybody catches wind. Well, he ducks back around into the garage, takes gets a scuba suit off, and um, but this doesn't stop Willie. He's got nothing to lose. He's not in football and stuff. He's he's the only one out of us three that has nothing to lose and stuff. And he decides he picks up on the fact that. The stepdad of Barry White, his companion dog, every time the doorbell rings or the phone rings or the there's a knock on the door, that the dog goes up and scratches on the leg of um, of senior White. Wait, why? And, why? Um, is, wait, why is the dog scratching on his leg? To a to and tell him that hey, there's somebody at he's the deaf. door because he's deaf. He's he, deaf. He can't okay. hear. It. He's deaf. So he. So that dog is not. It's. It's. I mean, that. That's amazing. I didn't know that they had dogs. You know, usually they just walk oh. and walk around. But this one was actually if the, someone knocked on the door, or rang the doorbell, or f- phone rang, that thing's scratching his leg. So will, did well, Willie see an opportunity here? Oh, Willie saw more than an opportunity. Willie rang the doorbell at least fifty-five times that day. And stuff. Once he picked up on this, this guy's poor pant leg was shreds within three hours. And Willie couldn't walk around the house without knocking on it with his hand or taking a shovel handle and knocking it on some pavement would would do the same. Everything in that yard that could make a sound like a knock, Willie was doing and this guy, he had to have locked, finally just said, you know what? I don't think this companion dog's working out. I'm going to lock him in the closet or something. Because he couldn't, he couldn't have walked anywhere after the rub, after the scratching that this dog had done on him. Oh, yes. That is so beautiful. It's an opportunity that he, uh, he took advantage of. Him. So when he, when he gets scratched on, did the old man run to the door? Like, what did he do? Was he, was he back and forth well, to the door? Well, yeah, he, he, he Kept showing up and stuff, but I believe after about the maybe the tenth time of realizing, I think he couldn't say it because of he was deaf. He couldn't say it and stuff, but I think he knew one of us was doing something and and stuff. But <laughs> he oh god, hear it. yeah, oh that's awesome. Oh my god, that is so good. that is that story has so many facets to it because. Um, and rightly so, like it, it just builds upon each other. And 
that was a full that was a full that was a hat trick there for sure oh full evening well and morning yeah i tell you what i i that that the end of that story i tell you what the first time you told me that i just it just caught me and i love it i i love that story speaking of which that reminds me you had i think you had the same for at least a year you had the same principle that we've talked about before didn't you in sixth grade or something jc yeah, large mocha. Yep. yep. Large, large, <laughs> large, large mocha. Large, exactly. Large mocha. And uh, now, do you? I know that you wanted us to tell to to run the story through for you, but um, you remember uh, COD, JC? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, Brian's yeah. gonna. I want to. I, I want to Brian to. I want Brian to reciprocate a great story for you. So, uh, Brian's gonna run through the story really quick about Larry Mocha. So we had talked about it, and I told JC a little bit about this story, and he thought that it was compelling enough that maybe we share because the COD, and we talked about it in one of these episodes where you could just get on the phone or order something up, and I guess back then it was a good old boy system where you trusted the person on the other end really wanted the item. So, <laughs> so they figured that if they brought it to the house, COD was cash on delivery. You're just going to go ahead and pay for it. So we did this a couple times with that pewter that beautiful Time Life pewter chess set over there to uh, Big Lou's place, right? <laughs> how many times? How many times did you guys? Uh, I, I was trying to figure it out. We probably did it seven times or so. I just remember, you know, Big Lou saying, "Like, are we doing this again, fellas?" <laughs> <laughs> same size box comes from the same location. You can knock on my door and see if I'm going to pay for it. And he whipped the finger around, send her the other way. So. Uh, me and Robbie were on the horn one night and we're like, you know what? I don't, I think the big loose, I think the pewter chest has kind of run its course. So how about we, how about we, uh, we run a trick on, uh, Larry Mocha. Our print, our print, our, our prize. Our principles. Yeah. Prize principle. Double, double, double mocha latte. Okay. So anyway, we get on the horn and. The Brian's dad, Robbie's dad, owned a, a a Chrysler dealership there in town. So he had back in the day. I mean, I know kids growing up when they're younger had the J.C. Penny catalog. I mean, you can almost smell the pages on those things. You'd flip through them, and you know that's how you ordered stuff. You get a catalog and flip through it. Well, he had a magazine for auto parts, from everything from the front bumper bolt all the way down to you know tires and whatnot. So we thought we'd see how far we can or how much stuff we can order on cod because there's just no way you can order this heavy stuff on cod right wrong okay so <laughs> you can so we call we call them up and we say uh we'd like to order a couple things up just getting my garage started here uh mocha motors and uh we would like to have some to, and the gal on the other end couldn't have been nicer she she said well just give me a second here let me get my pen and as long as you got the item numbers on there, we can order it up for you. So we kind of look at each other. And we're like, what? This is going to happen. So we started out with hats. Okay, Mocha Motor hats. Describe and those a little bit, will you? They were very generic hats. They were blue. We figured blue was a good color. And then just white generic letters. And she was very pleased that we didn't have a special logo that they had to put on really easy just to throw Mocha Motors on this thing. Um, and so we ordered... I think it was just under a hundred of those hats. Um, and then we went to the pens. Pens were easy too, just generic mocha motors on the pens. We ordered about 300 pens because they came in lots of like 50s and 100s. So we just got a couple, got the pens. And as we ordered these things, it just kept going. Like she just said, okay, what's next? What's next? So we ordered some keychains. And then I had the magazine open and I see Brian's pointing at something. He's tapping his fingers on something, and it was tires, 17-inch all-season tires, 10-plies. And I look at him, and I shake my head. And I said, uh, I said, we have one more item here we get. I don't, I don't really know if we can get these out. How about these 17, uh, these 10-ply, 17-inch tires are all-seasons? She goes, oh, you betcha. How much you want? How many of those you want? I mean, how many tires do you order, right? So we kept it modest. We ordered, like, 25 tires. 20, oh, it had to be 24 tires. She goes, okay, that's good. She goes, I might need a little bigger truck for that one. So at this point, we're like, okay, this is going to be a heavy load. So we got the hats, the pens, the keychains, uh, some snap-on tools. They had a couple little uh, combo snap-on tool things. 
in 26 tires. Everything, it sure will. How long is this going to take to get to us? She goes, well, we'll probably be there next week or so. Okay. So now the dates are coming closer. And this is before tracking numbers. You couldn't just get online and get a tracking number. So we were thinking it can't come in, a U, in the UPS. But we were there. UPS truck would come. There's just no way they could get in. So we said we're just going to take a cruise around a little bit. We knew that it was it had to be coming any day. Well, then coming down Main Street, because everyone's down Main Street, right? If you have anything else to do, you just drive Main Street. So we're driving Main Street. And here comes this truck boogieing down the street. It looked like one of the old U-Haul trucks, right? The big ones. Didn't have a name on it. I don't remember how it was identified, but most of the big trucks went down the trucker's route. You know, you get to that Tasty Freeze, you take a right. This guy was coming right on down Main Street. And by the looks of it, he was heading towards Malkin Motors' house. And so this guy, this guy turns on the street, and sure enough, he parks out in front of the old boy's house. And I'm sure he's thinking, you know, this is some gear for a automotive outfit this looks like a residential but he jumps out knocks on the house and so we're right across the street we're in between two houses on the opposite side a little what pathway. street where, where was this at what street oh was i can't remember what street it was but it was over by the swimming pool area kind oh. of by on right. that side of town so we're we're in between a couple houses watching this thing and here comes here comes large malka to the door you know and you can see he's puzzled right doesn't really recognize that the truck is for him. And you see him kind of twist his head to the left and twist it to the right. Kind of shakes his head and then he runs back in, grabs his shoes. And that about that time, the old boy had lifted the back end of that truck up and he looks at it. He looks in there and I can see him shake his head, kind of shrug his shoulders and shake his head. And we're like, oh boy, this is getting heavy. So from our vantage point, all we could see was boxes up front, right? So he pulls one of the boxes out, <laughs> opens it up. I don't know what, what he had there, keychains, pens. But he looks at it, shakes his head again, he grabs a couple of those pens with his name on it, shakes his head. Then you see him jump up into the truck where I'm, gar- I'm guessing he's looking at the 25-plus tires that he's got stacked up in there. <laughs> Comes flying out of that truck and just shaking his head. You know, no, I don't, you know, nothing. And the, and the truck driver's like, well, COD, right? We knew it was COD. There was no cash on delivery. So about that time, you see um, Mr. Mocha was getting pretty upset and irritated, and he knew that he'd been, something had been pulled on him. And being the principal, honestly, it could have been one of 100 people. If he had to narrow it down to his top five, I guarantee my name would be on that list. But, you know, he just couldn't put his finger on it. So he jumps up there and slams that door shut down. And the driver's kind of like, and he just kind of taps on it. Just roll. This is this isn't my order, even though my name's on every single piece of that equipment and they're besides the fucking besides the tires. So he he that guy hauls fires up that diesel, blows a little black smoke out, and away he goes. Now, the travesty in that is those hats and pens and keychains went somewhere. They're probably oh. in some little small village in Africa right now. Oh, my God. You know, where they ship all the Super Bowl stuff from the loser. You know, those those hats are... So- <laughs> I would... I, I'll tell you what, Brian. I would I would empty my bank account right now if I could get a hat, a pen, a keychain. I mean, I... I mean, JC, you said... You told us that you were going to come up with a couple of hats i mean i'm just waiting i'm just i'm just waiting for one of those i will wear that proudly Motors. i, I think it's pictured <laughs> at some point you're gonna see on tv sally struthers with a with a kid that just needs 25 cents a day and stuff you know named malik from south africa and or ethiopia and stuff, and Malik's gonna have a Mocha Motors hat on and stuff, and be playing with the keychain. <laughs> I can just picture. I think you're gonna have, you're gonna see like a, you know, like, like an, an old 1986 Tampa Bay Buccaneers shirt and a Mocha yeah. Motor hat. <laughs> no, you're gonna see a, you see a 1992 Buffalo Bill Super Bowl champion shirt and a Mocha Motors hat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh. 
Oh my god! Oh my god! That is that is absolutely beautiful. Well, we're gonna wrap up this this uh, this uh, small town shenanigans. JC Seawald, no disappointment whatsoever. We're so glad that uh, you know it's it's beautiful when things just kind of organically happen. And there was a bunch of people, and I I mean I, you know what? All I know is you're an Oakland Raider fan, and I'll stay Oakland all day long. You're a Raider fan like I am, which I love. But uh, your uh, your mentors they spoke highly of you and you delivered. Well, I they were the best. It's yeah, JW really when you break it down, he is the Bill Bill Walsh of shenanigans. Yeah, no no doubt. He is. He is. He's a. You know they say that everything's like what three degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I think that any, anything that happens in Cupping, Montana is. Three, de- three degrees of separation from Jason Winterrude. <laughs> That's correct. They, they know him. They might not be excited to know him, but they know him. They know him. That's yeah. right. Well, and I, I tell you what, I think I, I, can, I think I can actually see Hot Rod um, being coming down the line here on one of these episodes. So anyhow, so we're going to wrap this up. Um, JCC, well, thank you very much for joining us on this uh, Small Town Shenanigans episode. Oh, thank you guys. This, yeah, keep them coming. I, I, this is the only bright spot I have in my work week. Yeah. <laughs> now listen, and to, to you and to everyone else listening, share, share this, share these links, and have folks listen because I know there's a lot of people like the J.C. Seawolds and the Jason Winroods and and the people out there that not only enjoy things like this, these crazy, these crazy stories, but also have something to contribute. So if you're listening to this. And uh, you think it's worthy, then and send it on and share. They don't have to be from from Cup Inc, Montana, because there's a lot of small towns across the country that are that are up to Ex- the devil's business. Exactly. And our, our um on Facebook, it's uh, Burns Boys Small Town, one word, Small Town Shenanigans. We actually have we're gonna have um coming down the pike here a gal from Shota, Montana, and um she's she's a pretty good storyteller. So we're gonna have her. We're gonna probably roll her down here soon. We're gonna have to get Hot Rod. Um, and we've got a whole slew of people that want to, but this, this podcast really is once we get through these, you know, the, the, the first string mafia and Brian Burns stories, this show is for the listeners. I mean, we, we will be pulling from all the listeners and that's where the beauty of this lies. So, so for that, with that said, we're going to finish up this episode four small town shenanigans and remember every shenanigan must transcend.